Alec, so good to have you back on the podcast. I am so thrilled and honored. We both are podcasters, and I want to talk about communication and podcasting. And you have really perfected the art, your ability to communicate, phrasing, cadence. It all goes into communicating effectively our message. So that's where we want to go today. How's that sound? Wonderful. Wonderful, my man. So let's talk about your journey again. You got into podcasting when, why, and then talk a little bit about the early days of that compared and contrasted to where it's at today. Yeah. So my journey, I hope, is similar to some people, which was kind of in 2018, 2019, I was watching the trends of ourselves as consumers, just this evolution of what we would do to live our lives. And a lot of it has to do with these smartphones. A lot of it has to do with screen time, social media. And I was noticing that as consumers, we were becoming what I would call an internet first society. Instead of talking to friends for referrals, we would do that maybe second. We would kind of go on the internet and we would go to Yelp. We'd go to social media. We'd ask questions and we'd gather information. And so for my people, local in-market mortgage pros, that shift was causing them to be left behind, so to speak, or further down the sales cycle of interacting with customers where they were looking for information. So as a leader, I was like, one of the best ways that I get inspired is I watch people do cool stuff. And then I go, I can do that too. And so I jumped into social media and I did a, a crazy experiment where I did a hundred videos in a hundred days. I committed to posting one video a day and it was directionally crazy. Lots of different thoughts were coming out in it. I was not very centered on my message, but I was just committed to showing up and playing the game. And eventually that evolved into the podcast. And David, obviously you're a huge inspiration for me from a podcasting perspective, but it's undeniable that this medium podcasting is growing in popularity every single second. It's amazing. And people are consuming it at voracious appetites. And so I was like, well, what a cool place to have a voice in, in the things that I care about and, and the things that I'm coaching to and leading others to. What a cool opportunity to figure out that space, lean into it, start interviewing people, driving great conversations. And it became something that I've kind of fell in love with over the time. So that's the quick and dirty journey into the game. Now I'm on my third season and it's just been a blast. Well, let's go back to that point you're making because you've watched a trend start developing. I was at the MBA annual conference in San Diego and Malcolm Gladwell, one of my favorite authors was there and speaking, but he made a really interesting point. There's a Q and a interview more than him just giving a presentation. It was very comfortable, very relaxed. The interviewer asked this, hey, Malcolm, you've launched a podcast. You're an author. Why? And it was a great question. If you ever took up his podcast, it is crazy. He charges $4.95 a month. Listen to it. And he has a million subscribers. $4.95, five bucks times 1 million. That's 4.95 income per month. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So it's a great way to go. But he said, it all started with this. I used to ride the train in when I started my career in Washington, D.C., rode the subway in, rode the subway home. What was the standard operating procedure? Sit on the subway, open up a newspaper and yep. read it. That's it. In New York, same thing. He then moved to New York and riding the subway in, riding home. Everyone had their newspapers up. They were all reading. Their eyes were on print. He said, I noticed a trend five years or more ago. I can't remember yeah. the exact timing. And he says, all of a sudden, the papers aren't up, but the earbuds are in and they're listening to something. Yes, he says, are. I started going, uh-oh, something's changing yep. right before my eyes. I need to start asking questions. So I started asking people, what are you listening to? Oh, yep. I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to a book through Audible. And all of a sudden, the auditory world woke up and he woke up. He says, wow, if I need to remain relevant, 
I need to start doing a podcast. And he has, he's been very successful at it. He has 30 people in his production company that produces his one podcast and he's helping now others do it. So that's where I want to go. I'm waking up people to the fact of how the power of a podcast, Alec. And that's where I want to go to this. I've got another client starting an internal podcast. The fastest growing area is intercompany podcast. In other words, a podcast designed just for the company. Talk about it. I think we're craving authenticity. Yeah. Craving it. And we've been so marketed to as a society over and over again with this narrative and an angle and an agenda. And so all of a sudden you get people on a podcast having real conversations that aren't super polished. They don't speak for a living. They're not out there as a talking head on a radio station, but they just share their viewpoint. And so to your point, internal company podcasting, I think is gigantically important because people don't know. We just did a road show for Lone Depot. We went to three markets and we brought all our team in and we had um, a roadshow. We had some senior executives, myself, and they walked out going, I didn't know that all that stuff was going on. And all of us are shaking our heads going, God, how do we get better at communicating right. all of the things that are happening? And an internal podcast, in my opinion, gives that authenticity, creates that connection. And it's a medium that you have to take advantage of. I think you hit on a couple of points. I think it's the authenticity that comes through not necessarily being polished. Overproduced kills it. It's fine having a jingle and a catchy thing. And I, I love all that stuff. But like just real people having real conversations, I think we're just thirsty for it. Yeah, I was just listening before I got on with you. I was listening to a uh, YouTube video about essentialism. And the guy that was creating this uh, whiteboard drawing about the book, Essentialism. And the book is all about focusing on the right things. What are your real priorities? What's the really, really important thing? The number one thing or the top three things that you really want to be focused on? For example, he says, I used to want to have my face do an intro and outro to these videos. I found out people don't care. In fact, I'm getting way more listens by just getting in saying, hey, this is so-and-so, I'm doing a review in this book. And he goes right into it. I mean, you have to go back and listen to who he is, but because he didn't sell himself, he didn't do any of that, you want to go back and find out because he did it in excellence. Alec, I want to talk a little bit about that journey that you, you started out, you started going through it. What are some of the lessons you've learned on that? Yeah, I think one of the most important lessons that I coach to and that I find to be very important is to be focused insanely intensely on who your audience is and what do you want to deliver to them. I find podcasters get in the realm of talking about themselves. They get in the realm of they're all over the place. So like their audience is one time it's loan consultants, the next time it's realtors. And it's like, well, who are you speaking to? So I, I call it kind of staying in your lane. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's really understanding of what value and message you're trying to bring somebody. And just make sure every time you do a podcast or an interview or what guests you're going to bring on, you go back to that core and say, are we doing what we set out to do when we started this thing? And I think that's incredibly important. It's getting back to your why. What is your purpose? And then I think you added the other thing, which is the audience. Who is your audience? Let's talk about your audience. You have a very large audience. It's got yeah. great scholarship. Talk a little bit about that. And how have you had to, at time, make course corrections to stay relevant to the audience you wanted to reach? And who is that audience? Yeah. So, I mean, when I started the modeling podcast, I was very clear with myself. If anyone was going to listen to it, I wanted it to be mortgage professionals. That was my audience. But I wanted them to walk away with something in there that would be valuable to them in their career in that moment. So every time I look to what guests to bring on, every time I look at the next season I want to do in the theme, I'm like, I want an originator to listen to this and be like, I took something from this today. It helped me in my career and in my path. And so for that being a specific angle, a specific target, it defines who I'm going to bring on as guests. It defines the content I'm going to deliver. It defines the conversations that we're going to have in that medium. 
because it's all about delivering that value to that audience member. That's so good. So talk about the importance. One of the things that you and I both have is energy. A lot of people say, I don't have the energy. I don't have the personality to bring that out. And in yep. some cases, I'd have to say, I agree with you. You probably don't. So find someone that does. How important it is to have and bring energy. I, I have thoughts on this, David. Yeah. So on one side, um, I'm biased because of how I do things. So I think, yes, energy is important. I think that being able to engage an audience with just audio who's just listening and riding on a train somewhere, I think is important. And I think there's a skill set there. Yeah. But I want to layer on top of that a very clear viewpoint that I hold dear to my heart, which is I feel like there's audiences for everybody. And let me explain what I mean by that. So let's just take two personality types for a second. You got Alec Hansen, charismatic, loud, aggressive, crazy guy, not detail-oriented, kind of salesy, spazzy, that guy. On the yeah. other side, you've got an engineer-minded person who's thoughtful and intentional and thinks before they're going to speak and isn't trying to catch up to their mouth. And you got those two different personality types, which are totally different people. Yep. I can tell you, even in my career as a salesperson, the, the engineered-minded person is a little turned off by the Alec crazy guy. It just doesn't connect the same way. Right. And so when you get somebody, if you're sitting over here going, well, I'm not super charismatic. I am thoughtful. I am more engineer-brained. I am more detail-oriented. There are millions of people like that who would love to listen to somebody who's being thoughtful and intentional with their language. And it's a different cadence and people are attracted to that too. So I'm hesitant to say that being energetic is important and energy is important. There's an audience for everybody, but I do think that you have to lean into that regardless and engaging an audience is different than having energy. It's so important. I think yeah. we could expand, but before we go there, when you talk about personalities, Hippocrates came up with the idea of the four humors or the four personality types. And I love this guy. I love what he studied. He's also known as the father of medicine. We talked about the Hippocratic oath, all oh. comes out of Hippocrates. And what he said, he started by saying, there's a sanguine personality. It's a cheerleader. You and I fit in that group. High energy, oh. go, go, go. We yeah. use a lot of words, great quote unquote energy. That yep. comes with the talking too fast. We could talk about that. Remember that podcast I did with you recently? And I was so excited to bring stories about the pod that you did on stories. I was so charged up and it looked like I had had a double espresso and popped down two Red Bulls just before it. Cause you've listened to me. I sound like a rabid dog on there just going, Oh boy, Oh boy, that's that point. That's point. And so anyway, I think we bring that yet. You bring up a point because the personality you're talking about is the phlegmatic engineer type. They're the accountant type. And I have this as a real issue that when I work in my coaching and consulting, I have to make significant adjustments to speak to that type. Absolutely. You do. And that's because you're recognizing who the audience is. And so my whole point is, I feel like there's this audience for everybody and we need to get out of our own way a little bit and we need to stop pretending that we are what matters because we, we're not. The audience cares what happens to them. They care what feedback they're receiving. They care about the growth they're experiencing during the podcast. They do not care about the host, really. Yep. And that's so important. I think it isn't about us. It is about delivering a product. And that's why I launched this was not to get my name. I mean, the byproduct is you do get well-known out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Byproducts are great. But by the way, your audience will disappear overnight when it's all about you. They just, they get bored. They don't want that narrative. They smell it. it it's, it's inauthentic. It's back to the, the sales crap and they'll leave. That's so good. I think some would say that, well, you're a salesman, Dave. You're a salesman, Alec. You can adjust your personality because you've had to to be successful in sales. When you're dealing with a phlegmatic or a cleric or a melancholic or saying you can adjust. And I think there is a certain point of that, but it is authenticity. So talk about different podcasts or people that you've coached. And I'd love to know more about your coaching business. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So we get that out to people, but talk sure. about how you help people discover 
who they are and their authentic self. What do you do? Well, to your point, David, earlier, it, it comes down to why are you doing a thing? So it's easy for us, I think, because we're in sales and we lead salespeople and their objective is to build relationship, build connection, build influence, build brand, whatever you want to call it, build reputation to have an opportunity to serve more people. So whether you're an engineer-minded brain or a crazy person brain, if your why is I want to serve people, then now we have some place to go from. Right. Now we have a conversation where we can start putting ourselves away and start coming forward with the message and the education and the entertainment, so to speak, to inspire people. Now we have a place to kind of move forward from. Many people, if they're figuring out, well, should I do a podcast? Well, it's like, well, why? Why would you do a podcast? If it's internal to a company, you're talking about culture creation, communication, mm -hmm sharing data, creating connectivity with the organization. All that stuff's incredibly important. So there's your why, there's your go from. If you're in sales, then your go from is to make connection with other people that you may have never talked to before to maybe have more opportunity to sell. And so I think you got to find your why and then you build from there. I think you really also raised a great point earlier when you're talking about perfection is the enemy of getting something done. I okay. think we want to do something and we recognize that, but I'm not at that level yet. I think the most important thing, and I know you agree with this, but you just need to start. You talked oh about God. doing 100 videos in one month. I put a video out every day for 100 days. You know, that's what it was, a, a video a day for 100 days. Yep. Talk about what happened. How did you feel about the first one again compared to the second one? Talk about your growth as a communicator. So I love that question, David. And I was talking to a loan officer yesterday who was like, I want to do long form educational YouTube videos. I want to educate people. I want to do 45 minute educational videos on YouTube and I can cut up pieces and share those. And I'm going to start in January. And I said, bullshit, you're going to start tomorrow. Cause your point, a perfection. Well, my YouTube channel is not set up and, and I don't have the right stuff yet. All these excuses on why they're not starting. That's right. And the reality is nothing is more important than starting right now. You learn so much through the process. And again, first of all, let's go back in time to our earlier point. They don't care. Like we're so caught up. We care so much and our audience does not care. So right. you got to just get over yourself and you got to jump into the pool and learn how to swim. And as you're doing that stuff, so like the hundred videos, some were garbage. At least I thought they were. I remember waking up one morning, going for a run, grabbing a coffee and getting ready to post my video. Cause I didn't film a video every single day, by the way, I filmed them in like blocks of six. So I had them for the week, like ready to go. I just had a rack of t-shirts over here that I would change t-shirts and film the next video. And I had a, an Excel doc that had all my topics on it. So I had some direction. I wasn't just winging it. But I remember posting this video. I'm looking at it, having my coffee and going, oh, this is just trash. Like, what was I thinking when I made this video? I don't like this at all. But I said I was going to do it. I made the video. I posted the video. Later in the afternoon, I got a message from somebody internal to Lone Depot, a teammate in technology, not even in sales, just a tech guy who says, Alec, I saw your video today. I needed to hear that. Thank you so much for putting this message out today. Wow. And I thought it was trash. I thought I was like, I'm embarrassed by this. And yet yeah. it touched somebody in a different way because again, we have to get over ourselves a little bit. We don't know the effect we're having. And David, here's how I liken this stuff. When I was an originator, I would, I'd pop by real estate offices and open houses and broker previews, right? 2003 with my Nokia brick phone. I would just pop in and I would meet the agent and I'd say, hi, and I'd introduce myself. I didn't get a deal. I, they, they didn't say, thank God you walked in today. I have a prequel for you. But what happened over the seventh meeting and the 10th meeting and the 17th meeting is I built trust and community where all of a sudden out of the blue on a weekend, they called me with a referral and said, hey, can you help me get a prequel done? So with videos and podcasting and all these things that we're doing to drive influence and create connection, you don't understand the ripple effect this is having. I did not know I was impacting that one person in IT that day in a meaningful way. That's right. That's such a good point. I think we oftentimes, especially those of us who want to pursue perfection, 
There's nothing oh. wrong with pursuing perfection or excellence. If that's about fine, but don't let it stop you from getting in motion. And I think that's the most important thing. When you and I record that last session, I listened to it. My wife goes, oh my gosh, honey, what did you have in your coffee that morning? You were on fire. I called you. I said, did your editor speed that up? I said, I don't sound like a professional communicator or a podcaster on that thing. I was so excited. And I've heard from several people who said, Lord, look, and you were really fired up. But man, I love some of the stories. And I think that's what it's about. It's how do we get past ourselves? How did you do that? I mean, there's a coaching moment. Come on, coach, tell the people, how do they get past themselves? There's only two ways I know of. And the first way no one wants to hear because it's the old school, you have to put the reps in. Yep. You have to practice, you have to get on video. Some of my leaders, I'm like, every single call with your team needs to be a Zoom where you're on camera. Why? Even if your people aren't on camera, you're practicing. That's right. Practicing looking here instead of looking down here at the people. You're practicing the skills of this medium, which matter. So you have to put the reps in. And then the last piece, which I don't know how to get people to really understand, but they hear it and they nod their head, but they still don't do what they know they should do, is that we put so much judgment on ourselves. I don't like how I look and how I sound, and I've gained some weight, and I don't like my hairline, and I don't have any of that shit. And I'm like, I'm so mad at people because I don't know if it's because we were all bullied as kids or because society puts all this crap on us or whatever the reason is, we just judge ourselves so intensely. We have no grace for ourselves. And I just have to keep reminding people it's not about you. That's right. So important. In fact, I tell someone, I said, you thinking like that, you're robbing from me. Right. I don't know that there's not a message in you that I need. And because you're so wrapped up in yourself, I am being robbed of hearing something that you have to give. Get past yourself, get moving. But it's the same thing, David. So like, I'll, I'll sit down with loan officers and I go, especially with loans that were here pre-crisis. So they're here pre-crisis. And, and I'll ask the question, do you know people that were financially devastated from the mortgage crisis and the meltdown? Families that are still financially recovering of course. 10 years later, whatever it is, plus from this devastation. And they yep. go, absolutely. And I go, that's how important you are and your message and your wisdom is and your education is. That's how important it is that you get over yourself and you share the knowledge you've accumulated. Because on the other side of that, there's a massive pain for people. So you've got to get out there and help people. People say, well, I don't have anything relevant. That is such a lie. Speak to that. This is the easiest way to talk through that. You go, okay, so... Let's just pretend that you have a first-time home buyer in front of you. What are the top 10 things they need to be aware of before they buy their first home? And immediately a loan officer starts spitting out, well, FICO score requirements, down payment assistance, debt to income ratio, should they get a gift, difference between appraisal and an inspection, how to pick a realtor, what are APR, what are the closing costs? And I'm like, okay, stop. Like you just listed off 13 things in seven seconds that are crucially important for somebody to know before they go buy their first home. It's the content is not the problem. I can whiteboard with any loan officer and come up with over 55 things in 30 seconds. And I go, how many weeks are in a year? There's 52. So you have one video a week now. You ready to go? And then you get to repeat stuff. Right. Because just because you did one video on how much down payment you need doesn't mean you impacted your entire social community. They probably didn't even see your video. They probably scrolled right past you. So you get to go back and hit that again. But you have to really tap into your why. Why am I making these videos? Why do I care? Why would somebody care? Is this helping anybody or not? Is this all about me? Because this is the other thing that's toxic on podcasts and social, David, is somehow we have forgot that we're humans. And on social, we just want to talk and brag about ourselves. Post our own reviews. We talk about how good we are. We share a success story where I saved the day. And that narrative puts everyone to sleep. It does. 
It absolutely does. If we're at a networking event and I met you for the first time, I'm like, David, oh my gosh, I've seen your podcast. Look, let me tell you about my latest Yelp review. It was incredible. Let me just read it to you real quick. You got a minute? Like, we would <laughs> never do that. And then on social media, you just lose it. And that's how we do. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think there's something else that's going on there. Another blockage that they need to get past is, well, yeah, but there's so many other videos out there where they're already covering those points and they're covering them so much better than I would. I've got to answer that, but I want to hear what your answer is. Then I'll follow up. It's a boring excuse. You clearly don't value your contribution to your customers, which yep. is a mistake. You should value what you bring to the table. Because if you don't think you bring anything to the mortgage industry, just go quit and do something else where you think you bring value. Absolutely. It's so it's such a good point. There's a couple of things you bring up earlier. You brought up about the perfection side. Yeah, there are other people doing it. But here's the most important part is if you don't, they're going to go find that other video. They're more apt to do business with that other loan officer. So if you want to be in it, you've got to have your face, your voice out there. And here's another one I learned that was really important. I was riding in an old car, 57 Chevy. A friend of mine had restored it. He has the radio there. We're turning those dials and it's that old AM. And I had an epiphany. I dialed in. You find the station you want to listen to by the frequency on that dial. We all speak with a different cadence, with a different yeah. level of energy, with it to a different personality type. And there is no frequency that yours listeners, Alex, you and I have a similar personality, but we have a different frequency. We right. speak in a different way. And I think it's so important to understand that each of us have a way. They ran an experiment one time where they had an audience out there and they had 10 people on the stage with varying personality types and some varying off of it. They broke them into groups. They, each one of them had them read the exact same thing. Then they had people come forward, practice it, had them come forward. Who did you relate to? Yep. Same words. Same words. It's because there's something about the frequency that came out of that person, their style that they added to it, that drew a certain group of people in the audience to them. And I use that as an example. You're going to draw an audience. I'm going to draw an audience. And I think the thing is, it goes back to this, be authentic. I, I love your authenticity. Talk about your journey to authenticity. I, I always love the stories. Your stumbles, I'm sure you stumbled along the way trying to be somebody else. Yeah, I mean, and I think on social media, there's a tendency or on podcasting, there's a tendency to put on a personality, put on a character. This is what I'm expected to be. So I do this. And all that stuff, again, is just going to eventually fail. Because if you're not yourself, at some point, everyone's going to figure out that you're kind of faking it, you're fraud, because you're not who you say you are in real life. And it doesn't work. And plus, it'll start feeling like tremendous work. And you can't sustain it. Because it no. just... It, weighs on you. My whole point, David, is once people realize that the things that we all love uniquely that make us who we are as humans are what connect us to other people with similar likes and dislikes. And so when you embrace those things, you attract the same audience almost. When you're trying to chameleon it and be someone for everybody, no one cares. But if you start to explain that like you love lifting weights in a garage or you play Dungeons and Dragons or you collect comic books or you love movies from the 50s, it doesn't matter when you start to let that part of you out. That's where real human connection is. You can get out there and do 100 videos of explaining mortgage process stuff. And if you just sit there and read that like a robot with none of your humanity showing, there's not going to be the deeper connection opportunity points of you wearing a funny t-shirt because that's what you're into of your favorite anime show or whatever. And that's where I feel like, again, we need to love ourselves a little bit better. And then at the same time, holding the same hand that other people don't care that much. So you don't have to be afraid of letting out some of the stuff that really makes you tick and really playing in that lane. That's so good. For those that have trouble with that, go listen to Brene Brown. She has some of the best talks on shame and how what a limiting factor it is in most of our lives. We're ashamed of the way we look. We are ashamed of our voice or whatever. We're not used to it. Get past it and get doing something.
So we're going to wrap up. I want to expose our audience to you and your coaching business. Oh my gosh. Would I have liked to have met you when I was the younger me would love to have met the now Alex that sits before me and that's on this podcast with me. Talk about your coaching business. Who do you coach and what are your objectives in your coaching? Well, I wouldn't say that it's an extension of my leadership as my business. So, I mean, obviously the predominant people I coach are the people that are inside Loan Depot that work with me. We host Modern Lending Masterminds, we call them every month, where we actually did one on podcasting and how to start a podcast. We've done one on how to get on video. We've done one on how to set up a camera. Yeah, it sounds basic, but people are like, how do I set this up to, to show up certain ways? And so I really feel that part of leadership is being in the trenches and continuing to learn and staying relevant and coaching alongside people and learning alongside people. Sometimes to me, coaching is just doing something with somebody that you might not know yourself because it's just being in the trenches. So I mean, I, I love public speaking. I love getting a chance to talk at industry events and other companies. I love getting a chance to support local mortgage professionals because those are my people and I believe in abundance. I get hit up all the time by somebody like, hey, can I get 30 minutes of your time I don't work at Lone Depot, but can I rap about this? And it's like, absolutely, we can talk. There's abundance out there. We have plenty of things to, to share. And maybe one day we will work together, or maybe not. It doesn't really matter. I feel like you just got to pour into the world, and the good stuff comes back. And so that's kind of how I've positioned myself in the industry today is just I'm very open. I share everything that I'm doing all the time. I don't hold back secrets. There's no secret paywall. It's like, let's just all get better together and have some fun. And that's how this is all developed. Yeah, and you're doing an amazing job. I love your heart. I love your wisdom that comes out of you. And it's not about you. And it's very clear. It's not about you, but yet there's so much that comes through you. That is such a blessing to so many. Alec, I thank you so much for taking some time to be with me today. It's been an absolute delight and joy. I love your energy. I love who you are, but I also like your encouragement to those that don't have a person like yours or mine, who you're encouraging to get active and start communicating. That's it, David. Thank you for having this conversation today. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, so how can people reach you? What's the best way to connect with you? I joke all the time, Google. If you're a sales professional today and you're listening at the end of this podcast and you are a sales professional today and I can't find you and call you and DM you from three different platforms in six different ways with one Google search, we got some work to do. Let's go. Let's get, let's get after it. <laughs> but you do have a website, Alec Hansen, and it is a great one, alechanson.com. Alechanson.com or any other social platforms. You'll find me. Let's hang out. I'm happy to be part of a narrative in transforming what's going on with our loan officers out in the street. So good. We got to have you back. Talk about what is going on with loan officers on the street. That'll be another topic. Our next topic when we get back here, because since there is a real changing transition happening, the basic principles remain the same, but how we do it is changing. I always describe it like the, the core of our business hasn't changed. The place we play it is changing. That's such a good point. It's that book, Who Moved My Cheese? We'll leave it at that because we got to get you back on and we'll be doing that soon. Alec, thanks so much. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate thanks. it. Take care.